Welcome to the Inspiro Podcast, a podcast exploring personal growth, leadership, strategy, communication, and fulfillment. We are your hosts, Jason Luchtefeld and Bill Woodburn. I'm here as a dentist transitioning into a career to help facilitate individuals and their organizations towards a more fulfilling future. Hi there, I'm Bill Woodburn, and I'm a licensed professional counselor and licensed marriage and family therapist in Austin, Texas. I'm fascinated by the way people come together to solve problems, whether that's couples or families, dental practices or organizations. We're going to be exploring a lot of topics, and for us to be able to be free to do that, I have to let you know that this is not intended to be dental advice or counseling advice. So how do we take that now to it's that owner's responsibility to be doing all these things? And if they're not working, then they're a failure. And if the team isn't stepping up, it's because the leader. And so it can easily lead to overwhelm. Oh, yeah. You know, there is something that you did that was very, very powerful when in that story with your team since we're talking about communication you yeah. gave them permission to communicate with you around a certain topic i go off and i'm watching teams and doctors and interactions and i'm realizing how many topics are off limits mm. sometimes because of a conflict inside the team Sometimes because of a conflict inside the doctor. Uh, I don't want to discuss this. I don't want to discuss that. You can't talk about this. Uh, and I've actually had teams say, oh, no, we, we don't talk about that because doctor gets, you know, he gets a little weird when we talk about that. Well, you basically went in and said, listen, I don't feel like I'm doing my best at this or I'm feeling I'm not I'm not naturally skilled at this. And they, they thought, oh, good. We can now talk about that with the doctor. There's not this block. And so that meant they could also talk about with each other. That meant they could also rig solutions with each other, which is what you said they started to do. And they could share their solutions with you. And there was great permission given to actually work the problem. Um, nine times out of 10, when I'm called to a, a practice because there's some problem that's not getting solved, it's because that the, the practice has agreed and kind of colluded to not have communication about this problem. Well, if you're not going to be able to talk about it, we're pretty sure you're not going to be able to fix it. Yeah, I think this gets back to one of our previous episodes that if we have something like that, uh, I think you said it needs to go up on the whiteboard and then be gradually chipped away at. It doesn't need to be swallowed whole. Uh, you can do it in parts, the same way you eat an elephant, <laughs> one bite at a time. And make sure the whiteboard is big enough for other people to write their ideas. Some of the wonderful moments I've seen in practices often started by the practice owner, dentist, who, like you did, is just very honest about, I'm struggling with this, or I don't know what to do with Miss So-and-so who comes in at two o'clock. I have trouble you know, she gives me a migraine every time she comes in. I, I can't deal with this lady. 
Um, some of this is just very honest, sort of, this is, this is, this is where I am. And then letting the team discuss it, brainstorm it, talk about it. First, if nothing else, that can take off a lot of pressure from the owner and empower the team. And it doesn't have to be every member of the team. Pretty soon there will be folks that show up that say, I can fix this problem. Mm-hmm. You, have to give, you have to give them permission. Yeah. And 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 the opening the communication is what gives the permission. If again, if if you can't talk about it, what the team quickly understands is if you can't if the doc can't talk about it, it's because he can't deal with it. And if he can't deal with it, we're not going to bring it to his doorstep. Sadly, sometimes even when things are going badly wrong, I've I've been around where a team member has quit, and when I do a little post mortem and talking to people about it. The entire team knew they were going to quit six months ago. And the doctor says, I was so blindsided. They just showed up and quit. And I didn't even know anything was, I thought, oh, the problem here isn't somebody that quit. The problem here is that your team knew about it, but knew they couldn't talk to you about it. The communication broke down. Now you're scrambling around and this is a hard and difficult problem because you have told the team you can't deal with this. And so they they, they were being good boys and girls and decided not to tell you. So if we have a dentist that recognizes that now, <laughs> they listen to this and they say, oh, wow, I've, I have created that in my team. There, there are some topics that I freak out about. <laughs> my advice would be to call you or to call someone like you to deal with that. I don't think that that is like, if I realize that, I don't know that I could deal with that all on my own. Or I don't know that I could put it on my team to say, hey, I freak out on this topic, so let's do this. I don't think my team was probably equipped to manage that kind of interpersonal dilemma. Would you also would you agree that that would be kind of like the first step for somebody that recognizes that there's really off-limits topics that need to be addressed? The hardest part is recognizing the off-limit topics because the whole point of this procedure is making sure nobody knows what... Right. What's going on? Uh, I would suggest to take a good hard look at what's not being talked about, or if there are problems that 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 perpetuate that what what are we not talking about that perpetuates these problems? And then do a simple triage. Okay, is this just a hot button issue for me where I get a chemical dump and I just I just start to really freak out about it? Okay, great. Go to counseling. Get that done. The other possibility is, no, this is just an uncomfortable topic that I don't like to talk about, but I'm not going to chemical to, I mean, I'm not freaking out here. I just, I would just rather not talk about it. And matter of fact, a couple of people in my team who are pretty powerful, they don't want to talk about it either. So we've all just agreed not to talk about it. Well, wait a minute, discomfort, maybe you should just go in and say, listen, I'm just real uncomfortable talking about this. And they can all go, yeah, we're kind of uncomfortable talking about this. Don't have to fix it. Just like, what if we just admitted we're just uncomfortable with it? Um, and then there's that, that that third topic, which is, I just keep putting this off. I, I don't really have time for this. It's like, really, come on. I mean, that that could just get mentioned at the meeting. <laughs> yeah, I think I think two and three are really related, though. Oh, they are. We oftentimes procrastinate because we don't want to confront that difficulty. 
I think. Yeah. 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 And notice, notice that I, I, I registered this. I mean, it's part of the metrics here was, was that sort of chemical dump when we were really triggered or activated. Um, if it's that you're right, you're, you're not going to be thinking well, but if it's, but if it's discomfort, if it's awkwardness, you know, nine times out of 10, when people bring that up with their team, everyone breathes a big sigh of relief and and said, I'm, I'm so glad you brought that up. Uh, no, we don't know what to do that, but I'm so with, with that, but I'm so glad you brought it up. And people leave the meeting feeling better, not worse. So some of this discomfort uh, is like, well, my team can't handle this or I can't handle this. Or we all can't handle this. Like, really? People are a lot tougher than you think they are. And they, they might actually appreciate it. If you also, you signaled, we're going to, I'm just going to bring this topic up. And we don't have have a, have to have a solution today. We're just gonna we're just gonna put this up. We're gonna we're gonna write this on the on the whiteboard. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of them you think you put on the whiteboard could be um, we're uncomfortable talking about money, or we don't like talking to patients about you know X Y Z, and just write it up there. Like, yeah, this is what we're working on. It may take us a few months. Here it is. This is this target the target for the. For the month is is yeah we yeah we we we, we have difficulty around uh, or we have difficulty around time or uh, I can't make a decision about staying in this building or moving to another building it's it's on my mind a lot and I notice I'm not t- telling anybody about it but I need to just tell you I just I'm, I'm kind of stuck in this process and the, and the team says yeah we're worried about it too because we don't know are we staying here we're going there and. It's gonna be, you know, what, what should we do? It's like, oh yeah, so we're all worried about it. Okay, good. Let's put that on the whiteboard. We're all worried about it. It's surprising how just seeing it around and talking about it first helps people not feel alone, which is the biggest problem. When you have a team and the doctor's feeling alone, and people on the team are feeling alone, the problems seem huge. When everybody's recognizing this, talking about this, feeling like we're together on this, it may be a big problem. But not feeling alone helps human beings get through big problems. Well, it's what we spent our first several episodes on. It's it's validating. So let's say that one of the big functions of communication is to transmit data, Okay, that's good. But the other big function, which is often neglected in a dental office, is to validate and create relationship. You know, we we've been doing these podcasts and talk to talking to each other. And it's both a sharing of data, and I, I love the way your mind works and you spark things in my mind. But it's more than that. We we're, we're we're getting into a rhythm. We are, we are, we are getting closer as people. We're acting more like a team because along with that data is, is the, is the relationship building part of the communication. So if there's communication, that's just naturally going to happen. So when we're talking about offices, we promote relationship-based practices. (laughs) And what I just heard from you is that if we want to create a relationship-based practice, we need to be talking to people and we need to be listening to people. Yeah. And without that, 
And that's not just uh, here, Mrs. Jones, your treatment plan is X. <laughs> it's much more than that. And I'm, I've just started reading a book and it talks about friendship and uh, the idea of trying to put a definition to friendship it, it apparently is difficult. Uh, I didn't realize that. And so there is a, a certain amount of time and effort involved in creating that. And ultimately, uh, they reference Aristotle as the first like official definition, but it's, it's seeing yourself in somebody else. And mm -hmm. it turns out that that definition it has held up as researchers have gotten in and, and studied people that are, have friends for a long time and have friends they'd call close and all that. It's, it's that they see themselves in the other person such that there's a closeness there. I was never comfortable calling all my patients friends. Uh, we, we just actually spent a little time talking about that and why mm -hmm. I would have my team be doing that instead of me. But I think that we all have different levels of comfort with the circle of friends that we have and how we would define that. Uh, some people, it's a few. And some people, it could be 60. I think if you get over 100, then it, by definition, you're no longer in the friend zone. What do you think about the idea of having a professional? You can relate to this as well from your practice, but at what point do, does the conversation go from professional to personal? And where is that gray zone of friendship that might stem or might actually result from all these conversations? For us, we see people for years and years and years. A hygienist may actually become friends with a patient because they see them every six months for an hour, in theory. I would see, I would think that it's even harder for you where you might be seeing somebody for an hour at a time, several times a month for years, potentially. What does that look like? How, how do we draw those lines? Well, this, of course, kicks off a professional piece inside of me because um, in counseling, we're not supposed to be friends with our, with our clients. But the reason for that isn't that there's something wrong with friendship, is that we have to be able to maintain, we have to be sure that what we're doing in the counseling room is to help the client not to maintain a friendship relationship. Friendship relationships mm -hmm. by its nature reciprocal and goes through uh, emotional phases and, and whatever. Uh, and we try to limit that in the counseling room um, so that we can focus on the client. Some people say so that we could be unbiased or objective, but you know, human beings aren't really unbiased or objective, but we at least don't want to spend a lot of time working on just the friendship. And what I tell my interns is that the way you can tell that something's going wrong is you're spending you know, increasing amounts of time working on or preserving the friendship rather than working on whatever the issue is. It would be analogous to the, the dentist who spends more time talking with the patient than actually in the mouth. Mm -hmm. But there's a, there's a line. Now, let me suggest that you can be very intentional about that, about that line, about how, how close you want to be. 
And one of the pieces is to remember that the patients don't come for friendship. They come for the dentistry. And the 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 relationship is the uh, is 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 the is the pipeline that brings the dentistry and it needs it needs to be a good a good pipeline um at the at the end of it most of us want the dentist to be to care about us and care about the dentistry and not care too much about what we think of them that's mm-hmm. the hard part. Yeah. So something you've been really good at is creating boundaries. And you are very good at verbalizing, verbalizing explicitly where there are boundaries for certain things. And so I think that takes a certain level of self-awareness and probably reflection and maybe even uh, a a history of having crossed the boundary and saying, okay, I don't want to go there again. And so a boundary is created. So what I'm hearing from you is that if I'm in a practice that, again, I'm going back to the self-awareness piece, but I need to be self-aware enough that I can intentionally create a boundary that I can be attentive to. Yes. And the, and as you say, since you see your patients for long, for years, one that you can sustain. Mm-hmm. And with dentists, I, I don't know about having your patients as friends. That may be perfectly all right. On the other hand, is it a strain? Is it something that's difficult to manage for years and years? That would be another piece of it. Right. Um, yeah, I, there is an influence there, I think, and again, it, it gets to the individual. Uh, I personally have never had a problem treating uh, family and friends and giving them good news and bad news, uh, doing treatment that has been successful and has failed, and dealing with those conversations as needed. It's harder. There is more chemical dump going on when those things happen in those circumstances, but it's doable. With that said, I know people that won't treat family. They are completely uncomfortable treating family. They don't like to treat friends because it's uncomfortable and they don't want to have to deal with those, the potential for a treatment to fail and affect the friendship. That's a good reminder that sounds like in dentistry, they're really not hard and fast rules. It's, but being self-aware and being honest with yourself about, I'm more nervous working on my brother-in-law than I am a standard patient that walks in. Mm -hmm. Is that nervousness within an envelope I can contain? Or is that starting to affect the way the decisions I'm making or or just even the way I feel by the end of the day? You know, that's important too. I keep preaching that uh, we both work in a, personal performance business that's what people buy when when they come in and we have to do things to preserve that and one of them is make an adjustment to how we're feeling or how we're feeling drained by a certain thing or or worried about a certain thing is it's like we can't afford to just table that no we have to fix that if it affects our performance 
And it's not just, oh, I'll fix it one day. Uh-uh. No, you you need to fix it if it's affecting your performance because we're in the performance business. Congratulations. You've made it through 12 episodes now. If you have feedback for us, please send it to inspiropodcast at gmail.com. Starting with our next episode, we're going to start going in a slightly different direction. Probably still going to be a lot of communication-based dialogue, but we do cover some more topics. So listen in next week.